Welcome to Alum Radio, a different kind of oldies program. I'm your host, John Lovren. The story and rebroadcast that you're going to hear on this track is very different from anything I have aired, but it was part of the history of radio and its connection to evangelical radio ministries beginning in the 1920s. I guess I would consider this a history lesson. Personally, I am totally neutral on the subject, but I find the story I'm about to tell you and the program that you'll hear following the story to be part of old-time radio that morphed into television and is still growing today. Amy Elizabeth Semple McPherson, also known as Sister Amy, was a Canadian Pentecostal evangelist and media celebrity in the 1920s and 30s. She is famous for founding the Foursquare Church. Amy pioneered the use of broadcast mass media radio for wider dissemination of both religious services and appeals for donations. She utilized the radio to draw in both audience and revenue, incorporating stage techniques into her weekly sermons at Angelus Church or Angelus Temple, an early megachurch. In her time, she was the most publicized Protestant evangelist, surpassing Billy Sunday and other predecessors. Her legacy left a significant impact on the world of evangelism and religious broadcasting. She was indeed a fascinating character in American history and an early pioneer in radio evangelism. She was known more than just for a radio minister. She was a movement in the 1920s America with millions of followers. In 1928, her presumed drowning at Venice Beach and a fake kidnapping and the court cases that followed was a sensation in the media. Amy Semple McPherson's mother, Minnie Kennedy, worked with the Salvation Army and was a big influence on young Amy's religious upbringing. Even while in high school, Sister Amy was a crusader against teaching evolution in public schools. Soon after the birth of her second child, she got the call to serve God when she heard a voice say, Will you go? In 1915, Amy began traveling around the United States, having tent revivals with some crowds reaching over 30,000 people. She dabbled in speaking in tongues and faith healing during the time, as was common at least during revivals. She traveled the country in her gospel car with a painted sign, Jesus is coming soon, get ready. A vivacious and spirited speaker, her tent revivals would last weeks in any given city across the country. She used a brass band, choirs, and props of all sorts in her sermons. In 1923, Amy Semple McPherson opened the Angelus Temple in Los Angeles, California, for the church that she founded, the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. The church had a 5,300-seat capacity and was filled three times a day, seven days a week. Hoping to reach more people with her message, to deliver her message, she began a radio ministry from the church. Sister Amy was the first woman to be granted a broadcast license from the FRC, Federal Radio Commission. In May of 1928, Amy Semple McPherson went missing while swimming at Venice Beach, California, and was presumed dead, with services being held in her honor. More than a month later, she was found dehydrated and wandering the desert in Mexico. 
evidence later pointed to a rendezvous in Camel by the Sea with a married boyfriend. Sister Amy was charged by a grand jury for manufacturing evidence and falsifying police reports. She gave a dramatic demonstration of her kidnapping and escape for the grand jury and also spoke about the case on her radio program. The case was dropped, but the scandal tarnished her image. During the Great Depression, Amy Semple McPherson opened her church 24 hours a day to feed the hungry regardless of their race, creed, or color, following the church's long-standing tradition of integration. During World War II, she helped to sell war bonds, vastly improving her public image. She died in 1944 after a sermon in Oakland, California, and after an accidental overdose of sleeping pills. Amy's daughter, Roberta Semple Salter, was also in the radio business and was a researcher for Hobby Lobby. Also known as Aunt Bertie, Roberta also helped develop the popular radio musical quiz show, Name That Tune. Now, there are 14 rare sermons by Amy Semple McPherson out there. I'm only going to play one for you uh, because, as I said, it's part of the history of radio and uh, I think you'll find it interesting. Now, I'm not sure when this was actually first broadcast because she died in 1944 and I was able to get a copy of the broadcast, but it's dated February 10th 1947. You are listening to Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. And again, my name is John Lovering. Thanks for visiting. I hope you enjoyed this show.
but it must never have a withered hand. It must stretch and reach out and take hold of him. Just as a weak limb grows stronger by exercise, your faith will be strengthened if you will just stretch out and reach out and leap out and take hold of God. Hallelujah. It has been said that faith without works, that is, faith without getting up from that bed, faith without jumping up from that wheelchair, faith without throwing your walking stick away, <laughs> is dead. Faith without taking your glasses off if you want your eyes healed, faith without taking your ear trumpet out, faith without works is dead. Put your faith into action. When Paul perceived that a certain man had faith to be healed, he said to him, Stand upright on thy feet! And immediately he leaped up. And because he leaped and put his faith into action, he was healed. Faith without works is like a bird without wings. Oh, I worried so much the last day or two. Uh, Tuesday, I had a lovely visit down the coast, uh, motoring along, trying to get a breath of fresh air to one of the lovely old missions. What was the name of that place? San Juan Capistrano. And it was just at the time of the Angelus. And they were feeding those lovely white pigeons. And they were so beautiful that I thought I'd like to catch one. They were all around me by the multitude. And so I reached out and I caught one as I thought by both wings but I evidently just took hold of it with a tail. And the whole tail came out of my hand. And the poor little thing flew away. It didn't seem to be able to fly straight or know which way it was going. Oh, I have I've been so anxious about it. I've asked the Lord to help it to grow a new tail and I just <laughs> I, I, I hope nobody knew that I was the guilty party if they see that poor little pigeon without a tail down there. But faith without works is like a bird without wings. Though she may hop with her companions on earth, yet she will never fly up into heaven without both wings, faith and works joined together. Then does a soul mount up to her eternal rest and power in God. Why, faith is a key that unlocks the treasuries of God in the celestial world and can bring down to us that which we need tonight for body, for soul, and for spirit. Glory to God. Faith is a chain that binds us to the infinite, a chain which will never break. In the 11th chapter of Hebrews, a famous and beloved chapter which doubtless many of you have memorized and know by heart, having read it so often. We read of the great men and women of old who have dared to believe God and the things which happened to them. For instance, Abraham dared to believe God for his trim family, the family of Abimelech, for sterility. No child had ever been born in that family. And he prayed for them. And God made them productive. And their seed to this day is spreading throughout the land. Faith really brings a blessing every 
Angeles newspapers these days speak much of the bird men, men with wings, of Wrongway Corrigan, and of Hughes' marvelous achievement. They show us strange pictures of men wearing a new type of mask, uh, fashioned, I believe, by the male clinic, uh, so that they will be able to breathe after they have gone up into the stratosphere above. I heard a radio interview a little while ago. Someone asked how high the stratosphere was, and it developed that no one knows just how high up one can breathe. But Enoch, by the power of God, hallelujah, did more than Cardigan or Hughes or these new stratosphere fires. He was caught up into the heavenlies and away with God. Conquered distance. Moses knew the power of faith. And that power was a very practical power of faith in that it supplied temporal needs. When water was needed, he, by the grace of God and upon the word and authority of God, walked up to a great rock, symbolic of Jesus Christ, struck that rock, and water gushed forth, sufficient for all of the people to drink all of their time in the wilderness. Moreover, by faith, that rock did follow them, and that rock was Christ. Yes, Moses, by the power of faith, conquered temporal supply needs, so that the very heavens rained down manna, and there was plenty for everyone to eat. And when they became weary of one diet, he prayed again, and the Lord sent quail on the breeze until everyone had meat to eat. Joshua knew the power of prayer. Glory to God as he came to the great armed city with its thick walls, which we know as Jericho, and by marching around and believing God in the face of scorning and scoffing men, he was given through faith power over the armaments of mankind. So that God discomfited the enemy and a great wall large enough for houses and streets to be built upon it was shaken as though by an earthquake and fell to the earth and lay in the dust. God can let your wall fall tonight. There is nothing that God cannot accomplish for you if you will just trust in Him. The power of faith. Elijah knew of faith and dared to believe God, and he, by faith, conquered the elements themselves, fire and water. Lifting his hands to heaven, he prayed, O Lord, send the fire. And the true God let the flame descend upon the altar. Again he prayed, and the barren heavens rained upon a land that was parched and thirsty. Oh, hallelujah, we're living in the day of the Holy Ghost. We're living in the day of the Pentecostal outpouring, nearing the second coming of Jesus Christ. If ever there was a time when men and women needed to have faith in God and step out upon the promise, it's today. He will save you from sin. It matters not what kind of sin or how great your sin. 
or how you have despaired or what others think or say concerning your sin. His blood can wash away all sin. He loves you as though there were no one else in the world but you. He, Jesus Christ, can by the power of faith heal you. Not the one next to you, but you. Because his mercies are not to certain people and not to others. His mercies are to us all. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all mine iniquities, and healeth all thy diseases. By the power of faith, I have dared to trust God. These men had power over armaments, over the elements, over transportation through distances, over fire, over water, over rolling a red sea away, over parting the river Jordan, over bringing down manna from the skies, increasing the oil in the widow's uh, cruise, and meal in the barrel. But I also have dared to believe God by faith. And with my own eyes, during my ministry, have seen tens of thousands of actual cases of healing that cannot be doubted. I have seen cancers melt away in answer to prayer, and the flesh, which was once eaten away, fill up again with firm new flesh. I have seen withered limbs and tubercular bones that were uh, filled with pus and pockets instantly healed so that the person's leaped from their wheeling chairs or cast aside crutches and walked up and down shouting, Glory to God! I'm healed by faith in the crucified one. Healed by faith in the resurrected one. And the Spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead dwelling in us quickens our mortal body. Hallelujah! Till we live in Him. I have had the joy of seeing blind eyes opened I have heard the first quivering cry of, Oh, I see, I see, suddenly burst into the glorious shout. I see, I see, I tell you I can see. Yes, I've watched people as their deaf ears were opened. People who've been locked in a dungeon of deafness for many, many years, unable to hear the voices of their loved ones. I've watched them and the expression of their faces when their ears popped open. And they were able to discern voices, hear the music, hear those round about them. I've heard the dumb made to speak. Oh, beloved, this is not unusual. This is the same God who worked in the Old Testament. It is the same God who worked when Jesus Christ walked this earth. It is the same God who is poured out through the Holy Ghost today and whom we will meet by and by. Hallelujah! Faith is a bridge between this world and the next. Glory be to God. The power of faith seems to be limitless, endless. It will stretch. It is elastic. It will go as far as your 
were willing to go. Daniel proved by faith power over the animal kingdom. When he was put down into a dungeon of a hungry, half-starved, ferocious lion, his faith in God was a key that clicked and locked their jaws so that he was able to spend a restful night rejoicing in the Lord. The three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, had faith in God, and by that faith, conquered another element, the element of fire. So that for a furnace, uh, for their, to devour their physical body, even as that cancer, my little sister, would devour you tonight, or your sickness would devour you, that fire had been built for the purpose of devouring their flesh and sinews and eyes and hair and all of their being. So hot was the fire, you remember, that the men who had been on guard at the request of the king took up the three Hebrew children who believed in God to throw them in the fiery furnace. And as they threw them in, so hot was the blast, that the men were instantly stricken dead. As the guards of the king, the wicked men, were stricken dead. And the door clanged shut. But a strange thing happened. Faith in God was so great, so practical, so able to conquer every obstacle that it conquered fire. And these men, three of them, appeared walking in the fire as though they were walking in a lovely, shaded, cool lane by rippling streams. And the form of the forest was like unto the Son of God came and walked with them. There was not the uh, odor of burning upon them. Some of you at some time or other have dealt with in lighting your gas stove or uh, lamps, uh, singed your eyebrows or a hair, and know what the smell of burning is. But we read that not upon their raiments nor upon their hair was there even the smell of burning. Glory to Jesus. One thing only burned, and that was the bonds that tied their hands and feet. They fell off. Glory to God. And tonight, the same faith that raised up these children who were cast into the fire can raise you up. The same faith in God that parted that red sea can part your sea of trouble. The same God is able to shake down your walls of Jericho. The same God who was able to translate Enoch and later to pick up Philip and move him from one town to another, rather from the desert to another town, without any visible means of transportation, is not to be limited. He is our God. He is a powerful God. His treasuries are open. His arms are extended. And he says to us, one and all, help yourself. Ask, 
largely that your joy may be full. And again, hitherto you have asked nothing. Oh, oh, ask, 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 and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Everyone that seeketh findeth glory to God. And if our earthly parents are willing to give good gifts to their little children, how much more is our heavenly Father willing to pour out his Holy Spirit and the quickening glory if we will but ask him. Stephen, the first Christian martyr of the New Testament, proved the power of faith against pain. When he was being stoned to death and died that blessed death of a martyr, he was able to raise his face to heaven, lift his hands to the sky, and cry out, I see heaven open, and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Even though the stones were breaking his shoulder blades, dislocating vertebrae, breaking his hips and thighs, thudding upon his uh, head, neck, and face, still by the power of faith, faith is something bigger than we are. It's bigger than fire. It's bigger than oceans. It's bigger than the Mediterranean, the Red, or the Red Sea, rather. It's bigger than the River Jordan. It's bigger than armaments. It's bigger than death. Hallelujah. You say, Sister, I wonder if I have faith. Yes. Glory to God. Even faith is a grain of mustard. So say, to this mountain be thou removed, and it shall be removed into the sea and there be no more. Paul knew this power of faith. And so, when after preaching the glorious gospel and effecting by prayer the healing of a man to whom I referred a few moments ago, to whom he said, Stand up right upon thy feet. And the man leaping stood, having never walked before and or having any use of his limbs. Paul was at first admired and adored. And garlands were placed about his neck. And the people would fall down and say, Oh, you're the great I am. You're the great God. You're the great wonder worker. You're the great healer. You're, uh, the gods have come down to us. But he would have none of this. Real children of God do not take credit for themselves. They place the credit where the credit belongs upon God. For no man nor woman ever heals the sick. It is Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Ghost and the love of God, who makes them every whit whole. Divine healing is not set in a tiny circle for one to pray, for a priest or a minister or an elder to pray for the sick alone. The radius is so wide of faith that it is even as the rays of the sun that reach to all men everywhere, even wider because there is no darkness in faith. It is a perpetual day, and the sun is ever shining on the land where faith dwells. And therefore, we may pray one for another that we may be healed. You may pray for yourself when you are suddenly falling from a ladder. 
You may pray for your little baby when suddenly the baby is seized with choking croup in the middle of the night. On the other hand, that we should not be too independent one of another, God has bidden us join ourselves together in worship and cease not the assembling of ourselves. And therefore, he says, call upon the elders of the church, and they will anoint you with oil and lay hands upon you. James, the fifth chapter, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. Paul, having been thus lauded, shouted out and said, Men and brethren, why do you do these things? We are not gods. We are men of like passions of yourself, as yourself. But they were soon persuaded by a man who brought a rumor and false report against them. The public is usually rather fickle, has been through the years, and the same people who a moment before were about to put garlands and crowns of flowers and laurels upon his head were now ready to stone him and did so. And having done a thorough job, believing him to be dead as I believe him to be dead, they drew him, as was their custom, out of the city and left him upon the refuse to be buried from sight the next day. We read, however, that the apostles had faith in God. Hallelujah! And they stood round about looking down at Paul. And as they stood round about, thank God for men and women who stand round about. Amen, prayer? Amen, prayer tower? Amen, members? Amen, Christians? God bless you. As they stood round about, light began to flow into Paul. His eyes, those bruised, cut eyes, were healed. The black puffiness went out of his face. His eyes opened. His lips opened. I think the first thing he must have said was, Glory to God. Praise the Lord. His lungs began to fill with air without any pulmotor being used or any oxygen tent being brought. Without a doctor to set his bones, he stood upright upon his feet and the next day walked many miles carrying the gospel with him. And so, beloved, in conclusion, believe in God. Have faith in God. And know that faith without work is dead. You are going now to be prayed for. I'm going to bow my head, and I want you to bow your head over radio and here over Angela Temple, and I believe the divine healing, soul-saving, quickening power of God is able, abundantly able to make you whole. Shall we pray? Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, let the power and glory of thy manifested power be upon us now. Let us see thy face. Reveal your hand in glory. Thou who didst in the beginning with the Father and with the Holy Spirit create heaven and earth. Thou who didst carve out a path for the rivers and for the tumbling waterfalls. Thou who did cause light to spring from thy hand so that the birds leap singing into the heavens. Thou who didst answer the prayers of men through the ages so that mighty miracles have been wrought through fire and water and flood and flame 
and death and life. Thou art the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let the glory of thy presence be felt over this entire audience at this moment. Will you pray with me now? And sinner, will you pray with me? And Christian, will you assist them by praying and repeating this prayer? I mean it from your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me my sins. Make me a real Christian. Come into my heart. Let me be born again. Increase my faith. And help me to work with a real heart in thy service. Amen. And now, Lord, heal the sick. Let those who are listening at this moment feel that strange, tingling, life-giving, quickening power surging through them. Thou who did raise up the centurion's servant, thou who did raise up Lazarus from the dead, raise up these people, I pray thee, and cause them to be earnest workers in the vineyard of our God and his Christ. And all 